At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson. Thank you so much for joining us. On this edition of the program, we're going to talk about political discernment, how to properly engage the public policy realm, whether it's a political campaign or lobbying your city council or even being in the state legislature. And I couldn't think of a better guest to have with us than uh, State Senator Robbie Mills. Uh, He represents uh, the Henderson area and actually a six-county region in far west Kentucky. Robbie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Richard. Great to be here. Hey, full disclosure, we, we've had you on the program before, and um, you are a friend. We have been in the arena together for over 20 years, uh, known each other several several years, and you're still my friend. So Absolutely. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. But, you know, you and I have uh, been in the trenches, so to speak, and we've made a lot of observations. Um whether it's at the city council level or in Frankfurt or political campaigns across the state. And it's thinking um, before we put this program together, uh, just about some of the pointers that we could share with our listeners, because, you know, I think at, at, a, at a deep level, most of us want to have some kind of impact. We all have opinions, we have a voice, and we, we want to make a difference. I really believe that part of how God created us is to have some kind of influence. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to politics, we've all got opinions and preferences, you know, whether you're Republican or Democrat. And, but over the years, there's, we've observed that there's um, people who are more effective than others, um, people mm-hmm. whose they have the right tone, um, their, their message is right on point. Uh, they seem to be more persuasive than others. And that's what I'd like us to talk about is, I guess, proper engagement in the public policy arena. And you and I have seen good and bad. And um, but when it comes to engaging, uh, there's there's certain things that I I guess are going to determine your effectiveness, certain Mm -hmm. things that you do that are going to really carry you and if and if you don't do those things uh you're just not going to be effective but what are it's you know it's all about relationships i mean you know you you in a lot of things that uh deal with uh, personal relationships can be translated over to politics in the political arena you know you've got to earn the right to be heard to start with and that means building a relationship so when you're wanting to communicate with a, a local government official or with your legislator I mean, you can't just come in guns a-blazing. Yeah. You've got to build some credibility there. Yeah. And uh, and that is building a friendship, learning about that person, that the you know what their likes and dislikes are. Yeah. And it's really just building a relationship first off. Yeah, and I, wouldn't you say that part of building that relationship is uh, it's caring about what they care about, listening carefully, uh, to what they have to say, and um, you're just you're kind of learning about that person, finding Absolutely. finding points of connection. Absolutely, you know, places where you can help the legislator, and then you know, places they can help you in communicating that back and forth. Because 
you know, influence isn't something that ju- you just walk in the room and all of a sudden you're an influential person. It takes years yeah. to build influence. Yeah. And sometimes, uh, you know, people go from an issue and they're quiet for a real long time and then they come, another issue pops up. And if you're really wanting to build influence uh, with a legislator or with a local uh, government official, you need to be kind of continual and constant with your communication uh, encouraging on things that are good, uh, commenting, uh, suggestions on things that you may not totally agree with, but in in a manner that's not threatening, but is encouraging. There's this word that I hear uh, about more and more, and it's uh, or a term really, it's emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. And uh, emotional intelligence is really the ability to connect with others, the, the ability to understand somebody, and then it, it really it comes down to can you persuade or do you have some kind of influence with them? Right. How important is emotional intelligence in when it comes to influencing the public policy realm? I think it's very, very important because you have, you know, as far as the state legislature goes, you have 138 different personalities up there. Mm-hmm. We're all different, and we all communicate mm-hmm. different. We all have different interests. And mm-hmm. as a person lobbying uh, mm-hmm. your legislator, you've got to know what – his interests are and and negotiate around him as a person or her as a person and know how to communicate and that comes from reading about the person listening to the person following them on social media and understanding what their main goals are as a legislator or as kentucky goes you know what they want to see happen in kentucky over the next couple years or next to their term and get a real understanding of where they're at before you start addressing your issue that you that you're wanting to talk about right so if you do understand where they're coming from and what their issues of concern are and and then how to communicate them you're going to be more impactful you're going to you're going to likely have more influence with them be more impactful and uh, your time is going to be well spent i want us to maybe take a step back and and look at the different groups that are involved in frankfurt you're a state senator Mm -hmm. and you're in a chamber with there's 37 other state senators there um it's one it's the highest legislative body in kentucky we of course we have the kentucky house there's a hundred members there which you served for a term um last uh, election cycle uh but you have a lot of different interest groups that come to you whether you know whether they're dealing with economic issues or social issues you have people on the far left aclu types and people on the on the right side of the spectrum, like groups like the Family Foundation or the Catholic Conference, which actually they're probably in the middle somewhere. Um, but I want to talk about the different groups. They're, they come to you with a different worldview. Um, they come with you, come to you with different principles and values. But I want us to focus on the Christian community. I do see a lot of Christians up there. In fact, there are a number of Christian ministries in Frankfurt. Uh, many Christians, in fact, three out of four Kentuckians identify as being a Christian, but many have deep, deep convictions. And when they see something going on in Frankfurt that might upset them, and usually it's something that offends them, some bill that would do something that they believe is morally wrong, uh, you do see them coming to Frankfurt sometimes. You do see them lobby. Um, what would be some words of wisdom when you're talking to a group, and this could extend beyond just Christians, but let's say a group that has deep, deep convictions on an issue, but they might not know where to start when it comes to influencing 
their legislator? How, where would be a beginning point for them to, to start? Well, we're this? used to talking and listening to emotional people, people that are, that are stirred up about an issue, whether it's uh, drunk driving or whether it's uh, a parole issue or whether it's some, something that hits hard at home, enough for them to drive up to Frankfurt, take time out of their day or out of their life and come and talk to us. So the, you know, the, you know, the emotion, it, we expect it, but to really communicate well with a legislator, if you could back away from the emotions and just and, and give us real reasons why this is a problem, whatever the issue is, is a problem for you, yeah. and how it affects you personally uh, and how it affects your community, those are things that we're looking for because we're looking at Kentucky as a, as a whole, we're looking at our district as a whole, and if you can relate your issue to my district yeah. or my state or my committee that I'm working on uh, and future goals and how this is going to affect positively or negatively moving forward, that helps us uh, break through all the emotion because most of the issues up there are very, very emotional issues. Yeah, that's good. Uh, if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to the Commonwealth Matters, and with me is Senator Robbie Mills. Robbie, we need to take a break, and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters. Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. And on this edition, we're talking about political discernment and how to properly engage and influence the public policy realm. And with me is uh, Robbie Mills. And just before the break, we're talking about how to keep your influence um, impactful, how to approach a legislator, especially when you have a highly charged issue and you've got deep convictions. And, you know, Robbie, I have um, uh, been in Frankfurt for over 20 years and I have seen a lot of issues. I've seen a lot of personalities and I've also seen people come before a committee very, very angry uh, and just kind of unleash on the legislators who are behind uh, the tables. And they obviously feel very strongly, but, um, I mean, I think we can agree that that's not the way to come across to a to a legislator. It, it is not. I mean, it's just to unload on a, on a, a lawmaker. 
is not the right way to start. I mean, the right way to start is, once again, engaging. Uh, and, and you might even try to engage with an email or a phone call before you even come to Frankfurt to find out or to think about engaging in your community, in your district, talk to them, develop a relationship before you make a visit to Frankfurt and, and just unleash on them. Of course, you know, the best way is to make an appointment to talk to somebody in their office. Uh, one of the things that a lot of people don't realize is that in session, we, uh, we have what's on TV, our committee meetings and our session time. But in between those times, we have tons of meetings where people are coming in in 15-minute segments, lobbying us and, 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 and mm-hmm. educating us on issues. And uh, I love those times. It's a good time to connect. Yeah. But it needs to be, you know, you need to state your issue quickly uh, unemotionally, if possible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 tie it back to the district and tie it to uh, an issue why you're trying to move your issue forward. Let's look at some of the other pitfalls that would impede somebody from being effective and having their voice heard, um, whether it's the the state legislature or city commission. I, what comes to mind is a city recent city commission meeting uh, where you and I were both present um, at and. Uh, one person, I think it was actually a couple people got up and they threatened some people in the room if they didn't vote their way on the issue. And right. it was, and one was a veiled threat. One might have been a little more direct. Right. And uh, so you as a person who is elected, when you hear that, somebody that's speaking during the public comments portion and they're making a threat, how do you, how do you receive that? It, it makes me shut down and it may really, they lose all credibility to be quite honest with you. And uh, I have that happen when people will have a phone call or an email or come and visit me personally and then write some kind of inflammatory social media post that totally discredits Mm -hmm. anything that they, any case that they would have built for their issue would totally discredit that. So you have to be careful how you communicate. And uh, the idea, obviously, a velvet glove works better than a hammer. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that is the case. You know, you are there as if you're lobbying somebody to influence them and uh, to threaten them and to bring up things that would negatively, negatively happen if they did not vote their, your way or talk about your issue in a certain way uh, is threatening to the legislator and, and makes, makes them turn off to yeah. be quite honest. And that's just good common sense with uh, regardless of who you're dealing with or whatever the issue is, you should never make a threat right. to uh, to somebody. Um, I'd like us to talk about some other pitfalls. And you did mention social media. We're going to spend our entire last segment on social media pitfalls <laughs> because they're so easy to fall into pitfalls on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that in just a few minutes. But some other pitfalls as you try to influence your elected leaders are um, maybe being ignorant on the issues, mm-hmm. not having your facts in right. line. How would you, let's say there's something that motivates a person and they're fired up about it. How would you encourage them to make sure they have their facts straight? Because we live in an age of fake news mm-hmm. and people might go into your committee meeting or maybe go to the city council in their community with what they think is the truth. How could somebody protect themselves to make sure that they do have factual information that they're that they're sharing well you you've got to study and you've got to do your homework it's just like when you're in school standing up to give a speech you have to practice and you have to know your subject and just to read off of a uh bullet points that are on a piece of paper uh doesn't come off as genuine 
if you know your subject and you're able to speak about it without looking at a lot of notes, that just makes you makes us listening makes yeah. us feel like that you're yeah. you understand the issue, you're you're well versed and uh, and you're committed to it. And, and then also double checking your facts. So Absolutely. make sure you have a credible source. Yep. I saw something on social media earlier today. It was a meme. Um, from a, it was a group, I won't even say left or right, but it was a group that was very clear where they were coming from. And it had some things listed that I thought, Hmm, I'm not sure if that's accurate, right. but I would be cautious before I would repost that. I'd mm-hmm. be very careful to make sure that that was truthful. Because if I, as the executive director of a public policy group in promoting information, that's not true, then I begin to lose my credibility. You do. And, and by the way, it doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes sometimes. I have made mistakes by right. putting stuff out there that I thought was the truth. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've actually even relied on groups that I thought were very reliable and come to find out it wasn't very reliable. Right. And what I've had to do, Robbie, is to uh, issue an apology, <laughs> which is okay. You yes. know, that, that makes me human. But So when we make mistakes, um, we do apologize right. and it's better to do your homework, though, if we can prevent any of those mistakes. It is. And just talking in generalities is, is a pitfall. pitfall. There, is a, there is a good common ground between a general generalities and too, ma- too many statistics. It's good to have yeah. a couple of good statistics. It's good to have information that you can hand your legislator to read later uh, and background, uh, you know, before and after type studies and then you know, making sure that your statistics are from a legitimate source and not a, a biased source one way or the other. And a lot of times uh, I try to find two or three statistics so they're evenly balanced. So that, that, that makes me very interested when I can walk away with a piece of paper and put together the verbal commentary that I just heard and written facts. Very good. Uh, we're going to have to close out this segment in just a moment, but I'm thinking of groups that have been up in Frankfurt for years, and they um, might operate more on emotion, uh, even have fewer facts. And uh, when you as a legislator see them coming, what, what do you do when you see these groups? And you and I know there are a few groups like that that are up there. But uh, and that's kind of a loaded question. I shouldn't ask that to you. I'm not trying to get you in trouble. It makes you want to. It makes you want to turn around and go the other direction yeah, when you yeah, know the past. Yeah, yeah. When there's been painful conversations yeah. and conversations that have been yeah. so emotional, it's it just makes you want to get away and 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 not listen. So they've yeah. they've lost all their influence. Yeah. And we're talking about how to keep your influence and how to be effective when it comes to influencing the public arena. We're going to come back and talk about avoiding pitfalls on social media. So stay tuned for the next segment of The Commonwealth Matters. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to The Commonwealth Matters. The Agape Service Foundation is a nonprofit ministry serving Kentucky and around the world since 1971. We exist to advance the spiritual and social needs of people through feeding the hungry, giving drink to the thirsty, 
clothing the naked, and ministering to the sick and imprisoned. Agape Service Foundation has ministered in Kentucky jails and prisons for over 45 years. In 1982, we expanded our mission field by establishing international ministries in Haiti, Bangladesh, and the Dominican Republic. We conduct evangelism training, provide life-saving water filters, and rescue women and children from life on the streets. Since 2001, the Agape Service Foundation has supplied chaplains for law enforcement, fire, emergency services, and first responders. Through the Carico Center in Russellville, Kentucky, we provide food, clothing, toys, and hope for the poor and needy. Our staff assist those in need in admission into rehab facilities, often working hand-in-hand -hand with the court system. To learn more about the Agape Service Foundation, visit us at agapesvf.com. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson, and we are talking about avoiding pitfalls when engaging the public policy arena. And with me is Senator Robbie Mills. And Robbie, just before the break, we were talking about how to avoid social media pitfalls. This seems to be where everybody's at, whether it's Facebook or Twitter. People are on there communicating, and I think they forget that when they say something, the whole world is watching, That's right. potentially. And I think people can sometimes be careless with their words or they're not realizing their tone or how people are interpreting what they're saying. But what are some things that we can do to keep our influence intact, especially as we try to influence the public policy arena? How do we avoid those social media pitfalls? What are maybe what are some of those pitfalls and how do we avoid them? You know, things you put on social media are there forever. And uh, so it's wow. important to measure your statements. So uh, uh, intimidating type statements like, uh, you know, if you don't vote this way, you know, I'm not going to ever vote for you again. And I'm going to get out and work as hard as I can against you. Yeah. Those are statements that are not helpful to your credibility. Uh, using foul language, yeah. uh, using language that may not even be considered foul, but just just bad language yeah. uh, is 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 poor. Yeah. Uh, writing a long post uh, on an elected official's uh, Facebook page that just rambles on and not isn't succinct. Yeah. Those are things that are are things that cause me to not take uh, a constituent, uh, uh, you know, at a level that. They're hoping to get their they've lost their influence when they do things like that. Uh, another thing is, you know, if you're going to correct somebody on social media, yeah. uh, you know, you don't want to correct somebody in public. Just like you, if you were in a crowd, you wouldn't want to just point out somebody and say you're wrong and this is why you're wrong. You know, the proper way to do that would be to pull them aside and have a personal conversation right. with them. So the way you do that on social media is direct messages yeah. or even just a text message and say, hey, uh, Senator Mills, I noticed you said this on Facebook, but just want to bring the uh, this to your attention. You may have been a little wrong on this situation. Yeah. And that that actually raises your credibility with with me or with an elected sure. official. Because in that situation, they're actually trying to help you. And they're Absolutely. doing it They're doing it in a wise way. They're not yep. airing it in front of the public and, right. and making you look bad, which... That brings to me to another point, you know, that a lot of people see Facebook as a place to air their dirty laundry, right. whether it's with a politician or with their community or whatever it might be. 
Um, and you really lose uh, credibility when you do that. That's nobody wants to see somebody's dirty laundry. No. But if you're for your community, if you want it to thrive and prosper, you ought to come to that public arena with ideas, uh, with solutions, uh, with constructive criticism. But be mindful that people do gauge what you're saying and how you're saying it and the tone even on facebook even words they'll have a tone to them right. and if you want to make a difference and that's what we're talking about how to marshal your influence how to make a difference in the public policy arena and again we all have a desire to do that um but as in much of the time it's uh, just a few people that seem to be the most effective yep yeah, i mean t- i mean Tone is is everything in, in exclamation points, you know, capital letters. Those are things yeah. that create a tone. Yeah. And I think sometimes people are not aware of the tone that they're that they're creating when they uh, uh, put something on Facebook. You know, gossip, things that aren't oh, true yeah. or yeah. I've just I heard this down the road and I'm going to put it on Facebook. Yeah. That's one of the worst things you can do. Make sure things are factual before you put them on Facebook. And if they're if you have a question to somebody. Ask it directly to them through a DM that is that is private and 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 it just it's kind of common sense, but it's so easy for people to pick up their phone and boom 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 boom. And the next thing you know, they've posted something, and yeah. so you've got to be careful what you put on social media. Just like you've got to be careful what comes out of your mouth. No, that's good. And I'm thinking of a uh, a, a biblical passage that's that actually there are a number of biblical passages, but Absolutely. one that says. Um, let your speech be gracious, seasoned with salt. Yep. Uh, you know, we're we're told to be kind to others. Uh, we're 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 told to just measure our words, to be careful with our words. Uh, the words have the power of life and death. And I think that today, uh, words are just they're flying around. We don't really uh, we're not as careful as we should be with them, right. and it, they do have an impact. They do hurt people, even though you. Robbie, you have thick skin. I, I've seen you in the battle, and I know some of the attacks that have gone against you. And yet, at the same time, you're a person, and you've got feelings, and it doesn't feel very good when you're when you're attacked. And for that person that wants to maintain their influence with you anyway, they ought to be respectful. Absolutely. And as a rule in life, they ought to be respectful, Absolutely. and they ought to treat others with dignity and to to measure their words and to be kind. I think we'd be off a whole lot better off if if we did that as a society. We would. More. Um, so some of the other pitfalls, and we're running out of time, we've got just another minute here, but um, other pitfalls with, uh, with social media, um, and I'm thinking just the, and I touched on it um, a moment ago, just that we're not aware of everybody that's, wa- that's watching right. and they're reading our conversations. I have, just because somebody doesn't comment, and I'll have posts where there's a ton of comments but just because they're not commenting doesn't mean that that person's not watching. I've had I have conversations all the time that with people that say, "Hey, I saw that post yesterday. Really good post." But they've never said anything. Right. They didn't hit the like right. button. Uh, they didn't comment on it. So be mindful. I Absolutely. guess. Absolutely, there are plenty of people that just uh, uh, cruise Facebook and social media and don't write, don't like, or anything. And it's a place to influence others, but it's also a place to lose influence. So. It cuts both ways, and you've got to be careful when you pull that cell phone out and you start posting. Uh, if you want to be an influencer, you know, read that read that post three or four times through before you hit send, uh, and, and just make sure that you really want to put out 
into public what you're writing. Yeah, that's a good word to close on. Robbie Mills, thank you so much for joining us on The Commonwealth Matters. Thank you, Richard.